Hi guys, and welcome back to the Southwest Muscle Podcast. Before we get into the first bit of the episode, just to pre-warn you with this recording, there's a few little blips in the internet. However, it doesn't affect the audio too much, but you might just hear a few seconds delay with some things, or a little bit of a delay with Kaya coming back to us. But without further ado, let's get straight back into the recording. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Southwest Muscle Podcast. Sadly, today it's just myself, no Jared, and he's got work commitments, but he'll be on for the second one, the next one after this for sure. But I am joined by my lovely host here today, who will be co-hosting with me, and that is Kaya. And uh, yeah, we should have an interesting, t- um, interesting little talk here today. Kaya, would you just like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? <laughs> um, yeah, so I am Kaya. Um, I ran Coached by Kaya, as well as other various things that I do with my life because I don't like being not busy um two kids two step kids manage a restaurant um degrees coming out my ears as I said I like to be busy so when there's nothing on tv I'm like oh what can I do I know I'll start another degree um yeah apart from that and bodybuilding obviously and going to the gym I'm pretty like I think I'm pretty boring I'm like the the person that just comes home of a night has a shower and goes to bed with a book <laughs> that's me I'm about 80. I think that's quite common though with like most bodybuilders we are quite like it's just routine and we just we don't have any other outlets really like we, we are, are just, just and we find we like to keep ourselves busy all the time and then yeah. it's just like we just need to chill and sleep and recover and get back and go back into that gym again and kick ass it literally is that like I'll be like to my boyfriend oh my god let's go out and do something then it'll come to him like I just want to go to bed <laughs> yeah the amount of times me and like the missus have like midweek plans and we're like oh come to Saturday Sunday we're like nah it's not it's yeah not no I feel that on a deep deep level <laughs> So you, you touched a little bit on bodybuilding then just a second mm-hmm. ago. So would you like to tell us about your bodybuilding history, like how you got into it? Yeah, um, sure. And your competitive record as well. Oh, God. Um, so I got into uh, bodybuilding, sorry, by accident. Um, I got myself um, a coach at the time. It was uh, Rebecca Cadis, who was an IFBB pro in figure. Yeah. Um, and she health orientated over um, uh, looks, I suppose I should say. So at the time when I first started with her, it was it was literally just to lose weight. I'd let myself go. I had two kids, um, and I wasn't happy with how I looked anymore. Had you been um, so to we went down then, or? Uh, yes, and no. Like when I was growing up, I was a ballerina. Um, I played football I played rugby at school I played rounders like everything but never the gym like as in like lifting weights or working out I mean I only ever went to go on the treadmill as you know most women do when they start out Um, but she took me away from all that so then I was in the gym Um, and as my body changed and as I was following her more as she was prepping I was like "Hmm." what's this all about just fuck it I'll just do it like can I do it it's another challenge like I'm really competitive anyway um so I did it 
for that reason, not necessarily like I'm going to win first place. I'm going to go to the Olympia. This is what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I said, she was really health orientated. Um, and because it wasn't my like lifelong goal to win first, we weren't necessarily so concerned with bringing a, an amazing condition, which sounds really counterintuitive for like getting on stage. Um, but it was more to see if I liked it, if I could do it, um, rather than potentially ruining my hormones and everything like that for something that I hated. Absolutely. Um, so my first show was Two Bros Pro. I'd like to jump in at the deep end. Um, and yeah, I was no, no near ready. Like when you just like, I didn't look like I dieted for 16 weeks, even though I dropped about four stone. Um, mm-hmm. But I absolutely loved it. When I got up there, like, back, like backstage was the most bizarre thing I've ever gone through in my entire life. That like, I've never seen so many naked bodies in my life just strutting around getting spray tanned. It was bizarre, but everybody was so lovely. <clears throat> and then getting on stage, I was shaking, like shaking like a leaf, like visibly shaking. But I got off and I was like, oh my God, I loved it, which was, it was a strange feeling. Did the um, high come after you came on stage or like yeah, whilst you were on stage? After, like, when I was on stage, I was like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing here? And then as soon as I stepped off stage, I was like, oh my God, that was such a rush. Like I did it, like the elation of doing it um, was great. And then I was sort of, and there's a local show in Plymouth and I was like, oh, I'll do that, which was a couple months later, I think, um, which I got in better condition for. Um, did you was, like have a, did you go straight back into a prep or did you have a quick like? No, I went straight back into a prep because I wasn't lean enough. I was able to just carry it on. Um, mm. Like normally I wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't advise that because you're no. such low body like fat levels. Um, but I just carried it straight on into the Plymouth show, came in in better condition. And I think I was pretty lucky with the lineup. Um, and I ended up placing third at, that one so that was my second show and I was just like oh my god like yay so I've done it. Like really and that was then. it yeah and then placing I was like okay maybe I can maybe I can do this um and that was it and then I was like right well I'm just gonna go and go harder and harder every time I do um then I had an off season not particularly long I think it was about six months um went for a federation called nfm um which started off in wales as just like a fitness model thing and now it's like grown hugely into bodybuilding that's um affiliated with um gbo global bodybuilding organization in america um so i did that show again came in even tighter um place fourth did their next show place fourth did their next show place fourth um and it's just that thing that as you keep going through shows and getting better everybody else keeps going through shows and gets better so you know but at this point progressing is it is because everybody is um people see girls get on stage and come first in our first show and that's great but it's 
the reality is that it doesn't happen that often. Like when you look at people like Emma Hyman, she's very open about the fact that it took her five years to place. Absolutely. So I just think, you know, girls, especially women, have to go in, and men really, have to go in with the mindset that, yes, you want to get first, but don't beat yourself up if you don't because everybody is going for that as well. I think that is so, so important because <laughs> we do, we obviously everyone wants to win. But yeah. Like, you might be competing about people who have already had a few shows behind their belt, you know, and they've had, been through that whole process. And if you put too much pressure on that first show, then you might not ever want to do it again. And like, you might exactly. have such a... And at the end of the day, it's like, it should be fun. Like... Absolutely. Why do we train? We train because we love it and it's fun. And that's what competing should be like, I believe. Obviously, it changes as you yeah. go into like the pro ranks and stuff, and it becomes a bit more competitive. But I think people... yeah, it does, and and sort of more of a business as well because mm-hmm. you can like you can make money off it and shows you can make money off and bits and pieces. Um, there's definitely like I'd love to turn pro, but then I think I'd just be like yeah, but I see you later. I'm hanging out my heels because I wouldn't want it to turn into something like that for myself. Have you ever had like a negative? like opinion of bodybuilding post-show at all or um not of bodybuilding as such I had a negative I don't know comment um by a a judge I'm not I'm not going to say like who or anything because they're actually really lovely um but I went obviously for feedback Mm -hmm. um and I'm covered in tattoos um at the time I had bright orange hair like I'm not I wouldn't say I'm a typical female bikini girl. And I was told, yeah, I'd never make it anywhere because I wasn't clean enough and that I should cover all my tattoos and I should dye my hair a normal colour. And I was just like, well, it's not me. So I'll just get where I'm going to go with how I look. And and, that, and that's that. And um, I think it is very important like to be true to yourself as well. So like, I would never change. I'd never cover up my tattoos. Um, um, and that in its such is, isn't becoming such a stigma anymore No. with tattoos. Like almost everybody has them and judges are very aware that people have them. And yes, it does hide definition. I think to the point now, it it's like, it's almost uncommon if you don't see someone with tattoos on stage. I know it is. So it, that that's, I don't, obviously we don't want to go on to that, but <laughs> you, at the end of the day, you feel comfortable in your own skin of how you present mm-hmm. yourself. So if you're being told like, look, you need to act like this then how are you going to be confident and sexy on stage? Because that, I know. Really, that, that, that it's all about being like sexy on stage in, in to a certain degree. It is. It's a very odd thing, like selling yourself to a judge. Like I always remember I got told like, you know, when you're posing and stuff, <laughs> my posing coach at the time, she was like, make love to the judges. I was like, oh my God, that's grim. But it's very true. Like yeah. it's literally like you're trying to seduce them. It, this is a bit weird because my dad judged the Plymouth quite a few times. <laughs> <know>. So um, <laughs> it's nice to know that you've made love to my dad on stage. Uh, yeah, yes, I have. Twice, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Christ. Right, we'll move very quickly on to that <laughs> to the next one. So if, say, someone who's listening to this show and she's enjoying body, but like she's joining the gym, she's moved over from potentially going to the cardio section and started into the, into the weight section, she's getting confident and everything like that. What would you say is the next steps for that girl if she wanted to potentially compete? Get a coach straight away, but not any coach. Like, you seriously need to do your research. 
because there's a lot of people out there and you know that they're, they're great and they're good at what they do but coaching for a competition is so different to diet somebody down to you know their goal weight or whatever is so different to dieting somebody down to five percent body fat whilst trying to maintain muscle mass energy not feel like you're gonna rip the head off of a passerby that you don't know then with women it's so much harder as well because you've got hormones Mm -hmm. there's that mental battle of like every month your weight will spike because you're due on Mm -hmm. and then eventually some people lose their periods and don't get them back after they like put weight on four months a month so having a coach that knows everything about that 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 goes to speak with about this that can to limit these factors is really important rather than just picking somebody because they're cheap yeah like coaching is expensive and coaching for a bodybuilding show it shouldn't be cheap like the amount of knowledge that they're giving you and time it, it it's it it costs money like you wouldn't like if you went into town and we're looking at two I don't know Primark and River Island like Primark mm-hmm. tops like two quid it's going to fall apart in the wash it's yeah. the same sort of thing with coaching like if it's too good to be true in price it probably is absolutely um, yeah so I find that so hard to to sell to people in a way because I think I'm ridiculously cheap so <laughs> and, I, and I'm, I'm still relatively new to the coaching game but like I'm like just sub under a hundred pounds a month. I feel like got packages and everything. But um, and yeah. even then, people are still like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to afford that and everything like that. And I'm like, like, look, you'll you'll spend that going to the pub on a night out. Like you really will. And the I am not just like getting you in shape. I'm educating you. We're going yeah. through everything. Like you've got me on my number all the time. I t- I like ke- if a client of mine is upset, I personally get almost upset for them and it does affect me and I, I need to be a little bit more emotional resilient to it to be honest but they're investing in so much you we invest so much time into these people. yeah but like so much and in education like the cost of courses that we have to do to keep relevant um mm-hmm. I'm the same as you like I'm under just under 100 a month um lifestyle coaching like I don't ever I don't at this point in time I don't, I don't ever want to touch on on bodybuilding mm-hmm. um as as a coach uh, so price point wise i try to keep it like you know relatively lowish whilst mm-hmm. not underselling m- myself and my education but i you do to get it people are so interested and then they're like oh is it is it really that much and it's it's like well yeah like you I bet you go to the hairdressers and spend like a hundred quid on getting your hair done, whatever, lashes, whatever, mm-hmm. fake tan, wherever you go in, gym's 40 quid a month. Like, I get it. Yes, it all adds up. And then when people are like jumping straight in with, well, I'm going to buy this protein and this and this and this and this and this. And they're like, that's going to cost me like 200 pounds. I'm like, but you don't need it. Yeah, like, of course. It's, it's not a necessity. If you've got a good enough coach who's educating you, you can totally reach your goals with just eating actual 
of course. Food. Like we that's, we said that with Reese. That thing it. with the whole price. Yeah. I think it's more to do with media though. Um, not social media, but the media. Like mm-hmm. you could pick up a magazine and be like, oh yeah, follow this like lemon cayenne pepper diet that Reese Witherspoon did to blah 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 blah. And it only costs three pounds a week. And people are like, Well, why can't coaching cost me that? Like it th- there's a there's a huge disconnect between getting fit and all these crappy diets that are sold and what it actually takes um and trying to bridge that gap is very hard you get a lot of a lot of biters and then it's like you never hear from them again but you also get the people that are fully committed um and then they'll just jump straight in which they're lovely absolutely and i think if if we say like we, we like like you said we could make it really really cheap but then people won't understand the value of what they're getting and then exactly and then if you did went to push things up again eventually like you say like look i'll do this for 40 pounds in, in for a couple of months or whatever and then we go then they're gonna be like oh actually and it gets really awkward with that it um, does get it is awkward i mean selling yourself as a whole like it is really it is awkward having those conversations but you know, it just has to be done. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of my clients are like, Kaya, like you, you're underselling yourself for what you're doing because with them, um, because of my own, I've got my own mental health battles and so have these particular clients who I've become so much more than just a, a fitness coach for them. Um, but I'm just like, I don't, at this point in time, you know, I don't want to push my prices up. Um, and that, But they're willing to pay more lovely and to, to work it is really good and that you know there are those people out there that totally understand the the value of what you're selling and what you're giving them absolutely absolutely like you 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 know you like you pay for peanuts and you get monkeys don't you yeah and it's so it so is. so true if you want that just go with a bog standard pt on the floor it is no yeah <laughs> which we know for most most people it will do what it says on the tin and it will it will help you but i think there comes a point when most people move away from PT and then realize that all it is really is supervising you at the gym and and once you get to a certain point and a certain level of competence you don't need that you need something more yeah absolutely in you just talked about mental health there did you mm-hmm. um did you find like in between shows or like from post show your mental health like was it did it go down or has it um not from shows my mental health took a, a nosedive during lockdown I'm sure all it has especially people that use it use the gym as a a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. um between shows no the only thing I experienced I guess I would you would call it binge eating but I just like a lot of food so yeah I think everybody necessarily go mental with my food but I can put away a lot of food and being a chef um as well going from like pretty you know plain food at the end of prep I was like give me all the flavors um <laughs> but yeah it it's something not that I struggle with really I just I don't know I, like, I eat a lot so did you find so like breaching on we'll talk about lockdown I want to try and get away from lockdown now that we're out of it yeah obviously. um but did you find like you have 
obviously you said you found it a bit tricky. Um, did you manage to train, train. while you did you manage to train during lockdown and much or? Uh, the first two lockdowns, yeah, I was like, this is going to be great because it was such like, oh, we're going to be out of it in X amount of weeks. And I was mm-hmm. like, fuck it, I just, yeah. Stole my mum's squat rack um, out of her garage, got a uh, bench and bits and pieces and stuck it in my dining room. And I was like, yeah, go for it. Neighbours hate me. The music's been on so loud. But then this last lockdown, it's just, it definitely felt like, oh is this shit like ever gonna end Mm -hmm. like like are we actually going to be allowed to live again um and the motivation to work out in my dining room was not there I was totally ready to be in a gym with other people seeing other people go for it um so I think my my training went down went from about five days a week to about three I was lucky and it really affected me in the last one to the point where um, I, I finally decided to reach out for professional help, which is something that I put off for very, very long, like lots and lots of years, because I never wanted to rely on a tablet to tell me how I was feeling as such. Like, that's just how I see it. I know it's totally not like that, but... I completely agree with that. Like, it's the thought of having to have something every day to make you feel better. Yeah. It my head. Yeah. Um, but I got to the point where my, my chat was like, what, what are you doing? My kids were noticing it and I was like, right, okay, that needs to sort, mm-hmm. sort out. Um, but honestly, I think, you know, now we're out of lockdown and I'm in the gym and I'm back at work. It, we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, I lost all motivation to train, all motivation to cook, to do a lot of things that, Normally it would bring me joy uh, you know it's been what a week now that of lockdown and it's, it's slowly coming back I can see there's like a little glimmer on this on the horizon um but yeah it was it was lockdown was definitely hard yeah did you find like even like training was like your strength had gone down as well with your training and did you find like even like the things that normally did kind of maybe give you a buzz you just couldn't get yourself in that yeah um not having access to huge weights was you know naturally my strength decreased over time and with the lack of mo- motivation to train and not training as much muscle you know le- left the party eventually um and everything at home just feels heavy I have no idea why but I'll be like whacking up with like like 40 kilo squat and I'm like oh my god <laughs> dying when Whereas before at the gym, I'd be doing prep and just doing it. And I'm like, what is going on with my life? Which obviously made me feel even worse. Um, but it, it's, it, it'll come back at this point in time. Like, I feel like I'm just going to get newbie gains again. Like the first time when you go to the gym, because it's been so long from lifting properly that a lot of us, I feel, will, you know, it will just bounce back. Like there's muscle memory. Um, we know what we're doing. It's not like we have no idea how to how we got there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it won't take long and it'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. It, like, like I think a lot of people are going to get those newbie gains again. And oh, God, gonna, I hope so. And that is going to bring so much morale boost, I think, to a lot, a lot of people. Like, I'll be so honest with you. Like, I own a gym and I struggled massively. And it wasn't like... I I feel bad saying that because I'm so blessed to have had that opportunity to have a gym but 
the atmosphere is everything for me. And I seeing know. people. But when you're on your own, it's just not fun. It's just, it's just weird. Like, I can't get fired up as much. And, like, I had so much anxiety prior to opening up the gym again just to see people and stuff. And, like, you put all this pressure on yourself. Like, oh, have I done enough over lockdown? Have I done all yeah. this? And it, it, honestly, I, I've, I had a little bit of a breakdown, like, just before opening the gym with, with to my girlfriend. Like, proper, like, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't think I can do this. I, like, yeah. I don't even know if I can want to go compete eventually because I do want to, like, next year. And I'm just like, I don't know if I do want to do this now. Like, can I do it? But like you, I feel like as the week's gone on, Louis coming back like I'm starting to feel like it is back now and I think I think hopefully everyone will have that same I am I am hoping that everyone is like this because obviously you follow your friends on like Instagram and people that you look up to and it's something that you can physically see the like decline in how people are posting about themselves about themselves the conversations that they're having with other people and you can just see that it's like taking a nosedive um and then everybody's obviously so excited to go back to the gym and just to get out and about again and it's, it's just the positivity is going up um and i'm hoping that will just continue and every everyone will just feel so much better about everything and and the bodybuilding community is so supportive of each other really that that will just 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 escalate that i think um like it, sadly with bodybuilding it's quite a critique critique place isn't it like there is a yeah. lot of negative and like you said like it just takes one comment just to make you feel like shite and i hopefully like that can maybe change a little bit now potentially everyone i hope so yeah i mean i've been quite lucky like i mean bodybuilding can be quite singular and you can feel quite alone like you know unless a lot of your friends are body people just they see you eating out of Tupperware and you're at the gym all the time and you're pissing like a racehorse because you're drinking 10 litres of water a day and they're like seriously just come out for my birthday and you're like mm, I can't, well I can come out but I'm, I'm eating like chicken and rice from a Tupperware you're all right with that but if all of the people that you know are into that or at least take an active um they actively try and learn about it it's so inclusive everybody you, you can go to the gym and just like go oh can you spot me and they will they're like yeah sure like yeah just jump in on my set like or yeah. backstage at shows is my tan okay can you help me do this and people just do it like so yeah there's that element of obviously you're competing against each other so you are you're my direct competition and like bitch i'm gonna stab you on stage <laughs> Then there's also all backstage together, all alone. Like, so yeah, we're also going to be best friends until we get on the stage. Yeah, that is nice. That is nice. Did you, um, I see like you had a lot of that with post show with the Plymouth, like with all the girls mm-hmm. sharing photos and just, it, yeah. it, seemed, it seemed lovely. Like it seemed really nice. And like, and that's the encouragement I think young girls need to see going into it. Like there is that community there for them you're not alone like you will make a lot of friends during the path and I think 100 percent. like there's people all up and down the country that I speak to and um that we go to the same bodybuilding competitions together like um we even work together like there's a few of the girls that um we're ambassadors for our shows this year so we're always talking to each other and you just make those connections it's just 
as long as you're real, um, which I think is, uh, you can spot a way of bodybuilding the, um, the, the people that are just in it for Instagram photos or to boost their, their business. And the people that actually want to do it are those people that you make a connection with and that the connection is true and it will, it will just keep going. Absolutely. Yeah, there is, this is quite clear as day, isn't it? The people that are just in it for the clout almost. It, it like, is, it is very like, it's, as controversial as it is to say there are those people that, that will turn up. It's, it, they'll turn up to anything though. It's not just in bodybuilding, it's in anything in life that will give people a leg up. And you can tell the difference between the real person that's in it because they love it and, and, and they're passionate about it and the person that's just doing it because they might have a natural ability for it but they know it can get them somewhere and and people pick up on that and and I think that's when it becomes bodybuilding becomes either inclusive or you know singular mm-hmm. another thing I was going to go on to so um we, we touched a little bit on the, your training and stuff we need to obviously it, to people that are listening girls coming on the state the massive stigma like if you are going to train heavy and almost like because yeah. to be honest training is not that much difference between guy and a girl it really really isn't no it, it it isn't like there's there's no difference like my training plan I could do with my boyfriend and he would not you know grow a big massive booty and yeah <laughs> that would be interesting to see though it would be hilarious though <laughs> So yeah, um, I, I yeah. think I think that is something that would needs to be like massively put on. Like you can train heavy and hard just like a guy, and you are not going to turn into this massive, I don't know, she man or whatever it is. Like oh no, of course. Like um, girls that have that mindset, I would literally urge you to go onto Instagram and search like Lauren Simpson and Hattie Boyle, who are WBFF pro. and powerlifting like 330 pounds plus like more than some men that you know and they do not look like a man like at all they are some of the fittest women in the industry um but you know they lift super super heavy there's none of this body weight crap and kickbacks on the stairmaster like just don't do it it doesn't work it's just a fad that's been sold by the media for somebody to make money on booty bands whatever it is but lifting a heavy is gonna build shape like it's not gonna make you manly because a woman doesn't have that level of testosterone that a man does in their body which is the driving force between behind making men larger the women that you see that they say but yeah but so and so because their goal is to look like that their goal is to look like that so they i'll just say it they take gear like there's no two ways about it unless you are jabbing you're not gonna get that big um and especially not you know overnight you might slowly get there Mm -hmm. over years and years and years and years and years but that's gotta be your primary goal if your goal is just to, you know, build muscle and have a big bum and, and be shapely, you're never going to get there because it's not what you're training for. It's not your goal. Do you, um, is your training change much when you go into a prep? Like, are you still training heavy going into that as well? Uh, still training heavy. 
Um, obviously your strength decreases as you go along, but the aim is to obviously keep that strength as long as possible. So that myth of uh, having to go lighter and higher reps is complete rubbish, um, right? Yeah, complete rubbish, no. Thank God. Like, if you that. were strength training to build the muscle in the first place, why would you stop with the heavy lifting when you want to keep the muscle like it is it doesn't make any sense and you it, as hard as it is and as uh, a lot of people say that you can't you can still build muscle in prep like it's totally doable um i did it in my last show i had no quads and then i had little baby quads by the end of it um it can be done so if you decide to like drop off your training just because you're eating less you're that's going to reflect when you diet down to stage weight it's going to reflect and you're you're going to look like you haven't trained well the muscle's just going to be like well there's no stimulus here anymore i'm not getting the same that i got beforehand why the hell do i need yeah. why do i need to keep this on so i know like your body responds to that like your muscle will stay because you're using it and it will grow because you're you're breaking it down so if you're not using the muscle that you've built it will just like it will eventually over time disappear because you don't need it or your body thinks you don't need it so yeah keeping up with heavy training is as heavy as you can go like in a deficit like i'm not saying that i would expect somebody who's a week out from prep to still be hitting pbs on their squats but i also wouldn't expect them to be doing bodyweight squats absolutely i just don't know where that myth came from it's like if when you're dieting you need to do high rep and more volume it's like i have no idea such backwards stuff and it's like this is what's still like i find some like i don't want to keep slamming pts but like some people like still preach do you know what i mean and it's like <laughs> I think people. that's more to do with the education though like doing your level two and level three PT it's dire like so the information that you're given as a student on how to train somebody how to set up training programs um as a PT you're not supposed to give out like diet plans or stuff but you can give um advice and, and what you're taught about nutrition is so backwards mm. to everything that you would learn if you progressed with your learning. Um, there's no information on biomechanics, on how your body actually like works. It, it's just terrible. And, and, you know, most PTs, that's, that's the be all and end all of their education. So I, I hope that... I don't know what's going to happen. I hope like if they maybe don't like, know any better. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it needs to be completely redone. Like, and I hope with how bodybuilding is going and how things come in the UK, that maybe a new baseline will be set at some point. I'm not sure. I hope so as well. Like there's so many people and um, bodybuilders now, not just posting photos of themselves and actually using the platform to educate people. I'm hoping that as, more and more people get into the sport and actually learn about it that that will filter down into you know whoever down the street that just wants to to lose their baby weight or wants to 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 run a marathon or whatever it is that they want to do and that 
that knowledge will filter down and they won't be sold on all this Weight Watchers, Slimming World, Juice Plus crap that everybody seems to just like. Oh, yeah, that, well, I can do that and, uh, in nine weeks time. I'll be like amazing. Like, no, you won't. Like, let's just just get that out there. Right. Right you can there, hate it when you see an old friend from school that you see yeah. and they start sending you <laughs> like oh I know and and I get it they like come to us people like us because oh you're in the fitness industry so you must know about health and to them that that is health that because like, they don't know any better like all they've been sold is by some other woman in this pyramid scheme who's telling you yeah 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 this is amazing it's so good for your health it's got this it's got that blah 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 so they just eat it up and believe it and and it's just it's not it's really not right there there needs to be more uh i can't even think of the word but you know like if you were going for like a doctor has to have qualifications and you have to prove that yeah that you should prove that in coaching and people that are giving advice to other people there should be that will prove that you have this qualification because you're giving me met, like advice that could backfire and make me ill. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you're, you're, you're playing around with people's hormones and you can, these people could then have such a negative effect to diet and their effects and their food focus could completely change. And you could have people that become bulimic. Absolutely. Oh my God, everything. 100%. And it's just horrendous. Like I know some people that diet people down to like 1200 calories or whatever. And I'm like, my kids eat that. Yeah. And more probably. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I I think me and you could probably eat that in one sitting. Couldn't we? Oh my God. Totally. (laughs) uh, I think my breakfast is like 700 calories at the moment. I'm just like, Oh yeah. And I just have that and that. I, I, I think you need to cook people breakfast more I need, I <laughs> need to definitely have that I'll be around for sure um we touched a little bit on like the no, menstrual it, calories is so low oh it's ridiculous we um we just touched on menstrual cycle yeah so what would be your advice to pe- to to girls that are you know that come to their time of the month they started ovulating what is the approach to training then obviously it's different for most like for different girls on like mm-hmm. how it affects them but girls can still train right still train I mean there's this whole thing that like during the different phases of your hormones I mean I don't want to get into it too much Mm -hmm. um because it's it's well there's we're going to be loud listening to this and it's just not relative um but there's different phases of your cycle and during those phases different hormones are released into your body that can um affect training in terms of um how so I'm gonna say spongy how spongy your muscles are so you if you you could be more um susceptible to in however it happens very rarely it's the same hormone that's released during pregnancy um and it that does the same thing to help your body like get ready for birth so everything sort of relaxes a little bit um but generally like the average person unless you've got like polycystic ovaries or something like that can carry on training at the same intensity that they have for the entire month obviously like depending on your personal cycle if it's like really you know you're like oh my god I am in so much pain Mm -hmm. like you take your cues from your body just take it a little bit lighter or a little bit easier or have the day off but 
as a rule, like you don't necessarily need to structure highs and lows in your training with your period. Um, I have no idea where that like come from, where it is like, oh, but I'm on my period this week. So I definitely can't. Like, yeah, yeah you can, hun. Like you just get on with it. It's not going to be detrimental to you at all. Um, and, you know, actually training has been shown to help with period pains and everything like that because of your, the release in endorphins and dopamine. Like, just just, just get back in the gym. Just go, go for it. Just, you know, don't wear white. <laughs> yeah, do not wear white leggings. <laughs> like you said, like, we get an endorphin rush from it. So it's probably going to make you feel a lot, lot better. Oh, my God, yes. Like, you feel like death when you're doing it, but at the end of it, you feel so accomplished and, like, just, ah, that was great. <laughs> so, um, obviously, at the start, you said that your um, your work, you, you obviously, you manage your place, you've got kids <laughs> as well, and obviously, you, you have time, time to bodybuild. Yeah. How how do you juggle it, then? Like, you're, you sound like a super, a bit of a supermom, which is fantastic. Oh no, far from it. Like I'll complain all the time. I'll be like, oh my God, I'm fucking tired. And I live <laughs> off coffee. Um, but I, I don't know, you just you just get on with it. So when I was competing, I was in a different job. I was um, acting head chef for Marco Pierre White. I was working six days a week, 70 hours plus, taking the kids to school, picking them up from school um, and prepping. Um, and you just do it like I was lucky enough at the time that it was in a hotel so on my break I would go and do my cardio in the gym rather than having a break um, I would finish work at 12 and go to the gym because it's 24 hours and finish whatever I didn't do during the day um, I would the restaurant was on the 11th floor and so I've taken the lift I would walk my stairs and and you you just do it um and now like it's slightly easier but I, I I'm in a place where I'm good enough at my job that I can be like well I'll come and work for you but I want to work these hours so that I know that I can fit everything in so I take the kids to school then I go to the gym um I'm lucky I have Monday Tuesday Wednesday off every single week but then I work 12, 13 hour shifts, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so I'll get the majority of my gyms done, like gym sessions or heavy ones at the beginning of the week. And then at the end of the week, you, I just get up earlier and go to the gym. Like, but like you do like your set, like accessory, like maybe an arm day or something like that, potentially. Yeah, yeah. That's part. yeah um, cool. And cardio and stuff is done at, normally at the beginning of the week for me because I know I'm at the front of house of a restaurant. Like I run around so much that I just won't necessarily need to in the end of the week. So I, it's just prioritizing. Like if you really want to do it, that that you, you won't make excuses. You'll just get on and do it. Like mm -hmm. you will find a way. Um, I, I've always your, been like that. Do you like so? If you're doing like these big shifts, do you prep all in advance and stuff, or do you get like a food prep company for yourself? Or uh, I just do it all myself, or I sweet talk the chefs, and I'm like, please, can you just grill me some chicken and some broccoli? Thank you. <laughs> um, and or I'll just go in. I'll just go in and do it myself and put an apron on, and because 
I can I can do both um but generally I'll take food with me um I take a shake as well just in case I don't have time to to eat then I at least have something um but generally as a rule I don't really like I don't have protein shakes even though I've got about 12 bits of it downstairs in the kitchen I generally don't go down that route um unless I have to uh, so yeah, I'll just take my food with me. I don't pay a meal prep company or anything like that. Like I, for what it is, I feel it's very expensive. Um, so I'd just rather do it myself. You know, you, you don't have to eat chicken, rice and broccoli. Like I have paella, I have meatballs, I have burgers, I make pizza, chips, like whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, have a smaller portion if it's high in calories, like rather than going oh well you know I, I really want a massive dinner so I'll just have a massive salad I'm like that is just boring to me like you don't have to make food boring just to diet absolutely do you um do you try and split it up quite a lot then or do you eat like bigger meals or is it more like you said split up throughout the day a bit more um just to help with digestion I'm and stuff a, when I'm on- I eat merely to combat bloating it's the, the, this whole myth that if like if you eat little and often it stokes your metabolism and blah 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 blah. it comes down to calorie deficit so if i want to eat 1200 calories in one meal and then the next meal that i have i can only eat 600 that's that's me done in two meals a day but if i want to split that up between six or seven meals it's still the same amount of calories so um for me like over lockdown I just sort of ate when I fancied yeah sometimes it'll be a big meal sometimes it'll be lots of little meals sometimes I would be really naughty and be like shit I haven't eaten all day Mm. and then have a massive meal and it was marvelous um but generally at work I split up um only because I don't have a lot of time to sit down and have a massive meal um so I'll eat a smaller portion purely if I'm factor do you do you str- like does that your digestion work with that at all or like does do you ever find issues at all with that um yeah like if I eat little and often um my digestion's a lot better whereas if I eat a bigger meal or bigger meals throughout the day um I will notice that yeah I'm, I'm a lot blo- I'm bloated um and I you know I get sleepy and lethargic mm-hmm. but I know that that's going to happen. Like I've I worked with coaches on that for, for long enough, like three, four years that I know that, you know, I know what works for me and I just have chosen to ignore that. Um, but, you know, generally, yeah, I, you know, I take a digestive enzyme and, and bits and pieces and drink lots of water and it, it it's not going to leave any serious effect. It's just a bit of which happens to everybody uh, yeah of course i think every like obviously we try to reduce it as much as possible as a bodybuilder yeah. but <laughs> i most like yeah i will get it quite at, like every other day to be honest and that's just me like maybe rushing things or it could be anything else it could be stress as well from that day oh, that makes a massive effect so huge or like even if i'm like going in for a session and i'm nervous about that session my oh, straight away my stomach like <laughs> That pre-workout is going to fuck your, your ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be on that toilet before you go do those RDLs. So, 
Um, in regards to like when I saw you from show to show, so I saw you at the mm-hmm. first Plymouth, and then did you have red hair in both of those shows, or was it? I had, I think I had red, I had red hair in the first one and orange hair in the last one. I yeah, did, that yeah, was like it. literally tangerine. <laughs> I think it looked quite good, to be fair. You can't beat a redhead, obviously, as you know. Um, but really boring. Like I get so. But you um you made considerable changes in I would like to say you leveled up very considerably in that in those shows. Yeah. Was there anything in particular that you had done to change that, or was it just from natural progression? Um, a bit of natural progression. Um, I'll be very honest. You know, in my first couple of shows, probably I definitely slacked in terms of. I've got 20 minutes of cardio to do, but I'm, I've only done 15 and I'm going to go now. I'm done. Um, whereas in the last couple, I was like, do you know what? If I had actually done what I was supposed to do from the get-go, it wouldn't have got so hard or as hard at the end. Um, so I definitely like stuck more to what my coach told me and training and cardio um and I also logged it like I've never logged my lifts before um and then but then I was like well how do I know that I've definitely progressed so logging my lifts um and I changed coaches so when I decided that actually I did want to go for placings I went for a coach that had more credentials in terms of placings and worked specifically with women coaching in Mm -hmm. like in bikini category um and his knowledge was like through the roof um i left him eventually because of of other various other things um but yeah i'd say the biggest factor was changing coaches to somebody that specializes in what i wanted to achieve hit through his knowledge they got you know got passed down to me so I knew why I was doing things and why I was being asked to do stuff so yeah I think that's so important as a coach it's not just telling orders it's not just barking them it's also Mm -hmm. educating and explaining why we are doing this now so that person has just got that peace of mind in their head because you know sometimes you get told something and you're like why are we doing that why am I why why do I need this refeed like surely if I'm going to eat more that's going to halt my diet process. Yeah. But the explanation behind it is critical because at the end of the day, that person probably is going to, if they enjoy it, going to coach themselves at one point. So mm-hmm. they need to have that education there. And like you said, if your body is not, if you're, if you're second guessing something in your head, then your body's really not going to play ball, to be honest. And you're not. No, it's it's it. not like, um, I think that's really important as well, to be fair, like educating your clients um, and anyone, like even just like your friends, if they are, you for um things especially as like people just don't understand why why would I push my calories up I'm dieting there becomes this thing where you you get to a certain point my body's not I'm not dropping any more body fat like I'll drop my calories even more my body's still not responding I've dropped my calories even more and it gets to a point you're like I'm eating like 800 calories a day what the hell is going on why am I not losing any weight and it's because your body's fighting you because 
you need more calories to just produce the normal bodily functions that would happen if you were just sat on the sofa doing fuck all like yeah which I, I think people don't understand is that if you sit on the sofa if you do nothing all day lay in bed you're still burning calories by your body keeping you alive like so dropping them too low you're gonna start that's when you start like buggering up your hormones absolutely otherwise if we didn't do that then you just simply die as <laughs> simple as like your heart needs these like everything yeah. just needs it just <laughs> like, to get working <laughs> it is yeah so in terms of um we're talking about shows are you going any more shows in line then um i have i haven't committed fully to anything just yet um I want to lose, I'm just going to do a little bit of a mini cut, see where I am after lockdown, like what my body's looking like, how much muscle I've lost, um, and then sort of work a plan from there. Um, but at the moment, I'm looking about October, November-ish. Um, the goal is to get my pro card at NFM and then look at going over to America to compete with um, GBO, who they work with. Um but you know that was going to be this year and then lockdown happened so maybe it'd be next year there's there's no really like you know i'm just I'm just aware that i'm getting older in the in the mature curve. hopefully do it before then that is true i think it's i think we we're so easy to put too much pressure on to like right i, I need to compete at this point and stuff like obviously oh, yeah. we are aware of that we are getting older and bodybuilding is a time sport but if you're not if you put too much pressure it's just that that prep and everything's going to be so terrible it's just i think it, it will just make the whole experience something that you don't enjoy and you'll just won't do it again yeah or quit halfway through and you know not that that's a bad thing if that's like what you want to do um i just think that you know too much pressure too much stress everything like that it, it has a negative effect on on bodybuilding on prep but also on you know lifestyle and dieting and, and just life in general um i think it, you know everybody just needs to like lighten up a little bit and not take themselves so seriously and and just just get on with it like things that you can't control just let's let it go absolutely trying to not give a fuck is is, is very important i think in a lot of ways um, <laughs> i say that but i'm like the most stressiest person in the world like i'll catch my t-shirt on the doorknob and that's it i want to rip the thing off the hinges like why have you done this to me <laughs> I'll say before I get on to some little um would you rather and stuff yeah um the NFU competition is that a tested or untested show or uh it's untested um I, I've broached the project like the the project the subject um before with them um not necessarily saying like you know you should be an a show just uh it was when I first started with them, I was just like, oh, you know, um, would you ever touch on, you know, the, the usage of steroids within your show? And they were very, it, it, the answer was very naive, I think. Um, but, you know, how can you prove it without... And, and it was, you know, people do it take steroids. And um, this was at the beginning of their, their show when they were still very small. Um, Obviously, we, we, we all know that most people will dabble in steroids at some point in their life when they're in, in shows, be it serious steroids or 
what I would say is a less serious steroid, which mm-hmm. would be like Clen, which actually isn't technically a steroid. Um, but no, it's not tested. However, I am Natty. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it's not, you know, it's not something that I, I'm against. It's just not where I am mm-hmm. where, right now. And I don't don't need it. It's not, it's not part of my goals. Would you in that? Would you ever think about going into the natural federations like the UKDA? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would. Um, I've looked at a few of them. Um, just doing my research at the, like at the moment because I work with NFM. Um, competing with them is natural. And so many shows with them, and they're like family. Yeah. Um, but I would look at doing other federations. It's there's just some that I wouldn't touch per, for personal like reasons and what I. I don't think they do things particularly well um, mm-hmm. for their athletes. Yeah, it's. Um, I think you know you've always got that problem, even with, even with natural shows. You've still got people abusing. You've still got people oh, eating it. And um, you know, just because you're going to a natural show is not, you're probably going to go up against some people that might have actually t- cheated the system. I think yeah. the only one that's um, one that I was going to compete potentially next year is the UK DFBA. Um, mm-hmm. Relatively new, it's like ten years old. I think it is. Um, they've now made a massive collab as well um, and they seem to be really really good and shit hot on it but I know a lot of the other ones that we, I don't want to slander or anything like that but yeah. they have, they've had issues in their time and I think maybe haven't moved forward with the times and they haven't done off-season testing either um, so well I think you know that you can you can fiddle the system yeah of course you've, you've just got to look at things like Lance Armstrong like one all of the Tour de France's, apart from like his last one that he got taken off him, but then later, a few years later, he admits, "Well, I was I was doping on every single one of them. I just, you know, peed in a cup a few weeks after I stopped taking them. Like, if you really wanted to, that you could do it. That you could. It's the same with anything in life. Um, you know, it's a it's a trust thing, and you've just got to know you as a person have done what you need to do or not need to do, as the as as the case may be." Absolutely. Did you um did you notice it when you were competing when you like against other girls? Did you like think fuck like this is this honestly not- no like um in bikini it's you don't need to like of course bikini, yeah bikini's the lower end of uh muscle like it's the the it's the category where you have the least amount of muscle compared to the other categories um so the need for it you would just push yourself out of the category if you just started doing like heavy steroids i think like obviously people will use cutting steroids to cut weight to make it easier to come in quicker and drier and bits and pieces like that um but i honestly i didn't notice it too much in in bikini um you know i notice it more in other federations when you go up to like um like fitness and 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 start getting a little bit more uh heavy on the muscle and you need more separation and stuff like that but it's not like people walk around backstage like jabbing their asses or anything like that it's it's still something that's not really talked about or shown or anything like that i didn't notice anything like that no right i think we should make it a little bit more light-hearted should we yeah to finish it off with right so this is quite a big one straight in all right and it's a little bit gross but i (laughs) I thought you'd like it 
<laughs> so would you rather have would you rather wear somebody's dirty underwear or their old toothbrush toothbrush for one like let's just get like yeah no don't dirty underwear ain't coming anywhere near me recently used though like it's like they've just come <laughs> that's out. fine like that, that's that's fine i can deal with that put toothpaste on it it's all right just double toothpaste <laughs> So you wouldn't even like potentially try and unfold the person's underwear and like go like that? No, because what if you've got like a really horrible person that's like what well, inside out, back to front, like you, you, you pound to a pinch of shit, I would get that person's pants. To be fair, that person could have some some diseases as well. We just don't know, do we? So exactly, exactly. Oh no. So it's definitely the toothbrush then. Definitely the toothbrush. I don't know. I, I do you know what? I, <laughs> oh, do you know what? I share my girlfriend's toothbrush and me all the time. It's disgusting, I know, but it happens when you're just like, oh shit, I forgot my toothbrush, <laughs> babe. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, would you rather never train again or have 500k in the bank? Oh. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think I could give up training. Yeah, no. I, thing I is, like, that. it's that whole like money doesn't buy you happiness, does it? No, but... it doesn't. I mean, it would it buys you like instant gratification, and yeah, it can make like stuff easier. Like, I'll be like, yeah, pay my debts, done, and and then what? I've got nothing for it. And so sitting I... around a house in this lovely house, like, oh, I'm bored. I'll just, yeah, exactly. No, I definitely couldn't give up training. No. Perfect. Kaya, that's absolutely fantastic. And thank you so much for being a host on this show. Like, You're welcome. We're still thank so fresh for it. <laughs> and it's like, it's just nice to get people behind this. And like, we try and like, get people exposure and obviously try and educate people that are coming into it because it's becoming so, so much more popular. And like, the gyms are getting better down here now. Um, oh my God, yes. Oh, so many more great gyms are opening. It's so exciting. So Kaya, where can we find you training? And also where can we find you on social media and let us know about your coaching quickly? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit of a gym slut. So uh. <laughs> uh, where are you going to find me? I never know. I've got memberships at four different gyms, um, but uh, I train between the gym, extreme, um, pure body world how much time I've got before work and if I've got my kids and if I can spend like a whole day at the gym or not um but yeah I'll, I'll be around somewhere or I might be in my dining room you never know um <laughs> social media uh, just search my name is on Facebook but I don't really post a lot of, of fitness stuff on there that's more just like I repost memes yeah <laughs> um, my Instagram is uh coach by Kaya um and that's like it for me on social media i don't do twitter i don't do tiktok i can't advise by tiktok at all sorry guys um i'm and, the same honestly I, no, I, I, I just i don't get it uh, maybe it's because i'm old but um and um i my snapchat's only for my friends and family so i keep something for myself um and then my coaching there's um a link i won't go to it but there's a link my website and stuff that explains it all and you can just have a chat with chat with me about anything and you know even if we don't go down the coaching route or whatever I'll always give advice to whoever asks for it 
I think that's the main thing, isn't it? Like we are always there if you want to chat about how to get into yeah. training, or we can lead you. If we can't answer it, we can lead you to someone else potentially. That exactly. Fantastic. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in on the second episode of the Southwest Muscle Podcast. We've got another one coming up soon. And just thank you so much for your support. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me. See you later. (laughs) See you later, guys, and have a great rest of your day.